Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading from a devotional book today put out by Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Extreme Devotion. And this book catalogs the struggles of God's people over past years. Today we're visiting a man named Peter. You may have heard of him in first century Judea. For the third time, Christ asked Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved. Three times he had denied Christ. Now three times Jesus questioned his love. He responded slowly this time, as if weighing the significance of each word in his heart. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus repeated a third time. Only this time he added, when you were young, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted. But when you are old, another will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And then Jesus said, follow me. Nero persecuted Peter when Peter was 70 years old. According to legend, Peter's friends and fellow believers urged him to flee Rome, and he refused at first, but eventually he was persuaded to escape. And as he approached the city gate to leave, he saw a vision of Jesus walking into the city. He fell to his knees, worshiping him. Lord, where are you going? I've come again to be crucified. Follow me. Peter turned and followed where he didn't want to go. He returned to face Nero. When the authorities arrested him, he requested that he be crucified upside down, as he was unworthy to be crucified in the same manner his Lord had been. In John twenty-one nineteen, we read that Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, follow me. The point of this legend, if it is a legend, is not to say Jesus truly was crucified a second time. No, Jesus died and was resurrected once and for all. Rather, the legend reminds us that Jesus identifies with our pain and suffering so much it is as if he's going through them himself. In Peter's case, the Bible says Jesus' earlier prophecy referred to Peter's crucifixion. Who else but Jesus could relate to Peter's tortuous experience? Jesus is the expert on suffering. He knows what it is all about and wants to come alongside us. If there is pain in your life, Jesus understands. If you are hurting, Jesus has been there too. Let him assume your burdens and sorrows in prayer today. That's from Extreme Devotion. If you'd like your own copy of that book, and it's not free, do write to email, excuse me, write to Voice of the Martyrs at thevoice at vom.org. Send them an email at thevoice at vom.org. Also, the Voice of the Martyrs puts out a monthly magazine that you can have delivered to your door. I'm reading now from the November issue, 2023, of the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter magazine. Story today is entitled, The Price of Walking God's Path. The Price of Walking God's Path takes us to the country of the island of Sri Lanka, used to be Ceylon. After a prayer meeting at the Church of Prayer Mission, on the morning of December 16, 2021, Kalitas Selvakirti, 
told his pastor, Ravitandran, about an important decision he had made. He was resigning as chair of the Community Development Committee to enter full-time ministry in the church. If the church is open, and I am not there, it means I am either in jail or dead, Kalithas had often said. Kalithas cared deeply for his community, just as he cared for God's people as an elder in the church. He routinely checked on families in the community and brought food to those in need. Even local Hindu leaders noticed and respected his acts of compassion. Brother Selvakirthi got many things done for the benefit of the community, said Silan, that was a Hindu leader who worked alongside Kalithas on the Community Development Committee. Kalithas knew that living out his Christian faith in a majority Hindu village could carry a high price, but he loved the church and believed in the power of the gospel to change lives. Kalithas had different priorities before coming to faith in Christ. As a young man, he made money by selling kasipu, that's a strong liquor, on the black market. He eventually got married after meeting a woman named Kethiswari, whom he met in a village he was visiting on business. But his involvement in the illegal liquor trade led to a battle with drug and alcohol abuse. One day, Kalithas was confronted by a Christian evangelist, who urged him to leave his sinful lifestyle and place his faith in Christ. Kalithas and Kethiswari understood that following Christ meant not only leaving their Hindu religion and losing the support of their families, but also leaving the lucrative black market trade. After giving the evangelist's message serious thought, Kalithas placed his faith in Christ and gave up the illegal sale of liquor to become a fisherman. Kalithas and Kethiswari were the first believers in their village, and Kalithas soon began sharing the gospel and inviting neighbors to come to his house for prayer. In 2001, the couple started the village's first church in their house, and today the village has four churches and about 500 believers. Kalithas had a particular concern for local youth, showing them that life with Christ was far better than a life of addiction to kasipu and drugs. Over time, his ministry work had a noticeable effect on black market trade in the village, prompting threats from local dealers. He fought to save the young generation from all kinds of addictions, Silan said. He was devoted in this, and many who were running this business were angry with him. Silan also said Kalithas once declared that though he might be killed for his work, he would not stop fighting for the hearts of the younger generation. Religious tensions between Hindus and Christians simmered just below the surface in Kalithas's village, occasionally boiling over in attacks on Christians. Kalithas, however, did not make a distinction between Hindus and Christians when it came to his work. He showed great compassion for many Hindu families, even those that he knew were involved in the black market trade that he now opposed. After the prayer meeting at which Kalithas announced his intention to enter full-time ministry, he was home with Kethiswari when they were startled by something battering the metal gate outside their home. When Kalithas went to check out the noise, four men broke through the gate and doused him in kasipu, the liquor. They then surrounded him and began to beat him mercilessly. 
When Kalithas fell to the ground, one attacker grabbed an iron crowbar and struck Kalithas on the head. Before the attackers fled, Kethiswari identified one of them as a man who had recently received a food parcel from them. Shocked and frightened by the attack on her husband, Kethiswari summoned her son-in-law to take Kalithas, who was unconscious, to the hospital. Doctors eventually concluded that his head wound was too severe to treat. Kalithas, who never regained consciousness, was kept on life support as family and friends gathered to console one another and see Kalithas one last time. He died two days after the attack. His loss is a big blow to this village, Silan said. We cannot fill this vacuum. The loss to the village cannot compare with the suffering of Kalithas's family, as Kethiswari now has six children to support on her own while dealing with her grief. VOM, Voice of the Martyrs, has provided the family with food and living expenses, which Kethiswari said she that has brought her new hope. Still, she continues to wrestle with questions about why God allowed her husband to die, and her Hindu relatives have taunted her with other questions. Your husband was killed in a lowly way, they said. Are you still going to believe in your God just for the sake of believing something? I believe in God, Kethiswari replied, and I will meet Kalitas in heaven. I have never considered turning back from my faith or my God. All of Kalithas's children have struggled with a desire for vengeance, but a visiting pastor from India helped them gain a biblical perspective. He, Jesus, taught us about forgiveness, said Joshua, Kalithas's oldest daughter. God helped me to release the bitterness and healed me. By God's grace, I have forgiven them. Pastor Ravichandran expressed certainty that the life and death of his friend Kalithas, as well as the outpouring of love and support from the global body of Christ, will have a lasting influence on the village. The community has seen how the Lord has been faithful to this family and taken care of them, he said. This has opened a door to testify to many of them. Kalithas's life stands as an example for his family and church to follow. As a husband, he was faithful. As a father, he was faithful. In the local church, he was faithful and committed, Joshua said. My father lived a life pleasing to God before the community, church, and family, and he paid a high price for walking in God's path. I urge everyone to live a life worthy of the calling. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to be put on the mailing list of Voice of the Martyrs and receive a free copy of that newsletter and and every subsequent newsletter every month, just contact them at thevoice at vom.org. That's, again, thevoice at vom.org. And this is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.